Welcome to the official Jets podcast powered by Amazon Web Services. Ethan Greenberg, Eric Allen, joined by Anthony Becht here in Indianapolis. Thanks for coming on the pod. Yeah, man, this is great. It's good to see you guys. It's got like kind of a mini radio uh, row. Radio, yeah. is that what they're calling it? Yeah, radio it is, row. Right. Yeah, so this is good. I see all the teams here. and It's uh, like radio rectangle, radio yeah. fenced-in area. And you guys look like the most active table, which is always good. Oh, thank the you. The hardest-working yeah. team in the Th- NFL. During the lunch hour, <laughs> the New York bottom. Jets are after. I, I, I'm sorry. I apologize. I rushed you guys back from your lunch, your, <laughs> you, no, your you four-star oh, station. Uh, listen, I have to say that I was here ready. You were here ready yeah, to go. You yeah. skipped lunch to do extra work yeah. while <laughs> Ethan uh, got a prime, I, I, prime I was, rib. I was carrying. <laughs> prime I was rib carrying. special. Yeah, actually, it was. Chick-fil-A, but that's right. okay. I, on a more serious note, what are you doing here at the combine? Yeah, so uh, last week, um, you know, Tracy Perlman, part of the uh, NFL Legends, uh, they have a bunch of their players coming in to mentor uh, the positions for each uh, group that, mm-hmm. that that's attending here from the, uni- the different college kids. So they asked me if I wanted to represent the tight end group, and uh, I was like, absolutely. I mean, this is fantastic. So basically what that entails for me is came to town – and uh, I basically am in every meeting. I'm walking with them. I'm eating with every tight end, the tight end group for this uh, for this year's NFL draft. Uh, it's myself, and there's um, a national scout uh, that's with them that kind of runs the group, uh, Chris uh, Prescott from the Chicago Bears. And then there's two other. It's other- a former New York Jets scout. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Okay, oh, you yeah. remember good. Yeah. So and then there's two other scouts from two other teams that kind of help out, and then there's me. So. Uh, I just kind of blend in, you know, and uh, just kind of give them any kind of mentorship advice. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to sit down with each one of the kids and talk to them and just pick their brain. I've seen about – there's 20 of them here. I've seen about uh, 15 of them live, you know, calling games in college yeah. football. I know their game. I've studied them. And then there's some guys like places like Dayton and yeah, Portland State – that, you know, people don't know, and I can't get that film unless you YouTube it, and you got to watch the whole two hours instead of the cut-ups. So, uh, you know, some of them went to Senior Bowl, watched their Senior Bowl practices, and just got caught up on the football side. But this is just more kind of giving this guidance for this window right now. Mm-hmm. And then, like I was telling you off the air, uh, Eric, about the first year, yeah. right, just giving them some guidance there. Listen, I told him, like, I got 12 years of good things, bad things, you know, all kinds of information. And then, of course, uh, you know, use me as a resource moving forward because they're going to have their agents and all that, but they're not going to know, right? They're going to – I don't want these guys to, to learn on the go. Some things they will, and that's good. But if the, anything that I can answer that I was looking for answers for that I couldn't get, I can give that to them. And, and I think, to me, that's a, that's a valuable resource to have. So I'm, that's why I'm here, and I, I, hopefully I get to do this every year. Did some of the guys recognize Anthony? Oh, Beck? that's a great question. So, <laughs> so you know, look, I'm I'm realistic. Okay, I was here 20 years ago. Right? 20 to, years ago to, already to the date, <laughs> and uh, you know, I have I had met a f- very few number of these guys uh, when I was calling football games. Uh, some remembered, but the majority of them did not know who I was, and I di- didn't hurt my feelings at all. And then as we start talking and I let them know my credentials as far as what I've gone and, and give my little spiel and the, the, the antennas start to go up a little bit and then a couple of them start Googling stuff and then the next day like, oh, you, you do that or you do this, and then I start reeling off my times that I had here, and we'll get into that later. But <laughs> then they really start getting dialed in and listening to me. So uh, they all know me now, which is good, and uh, th- that's okay. It doesn't hurt my feelings. I mean, listen, 
2000 to 2020, although it doesn't seem like, you know, a big deal, it's 20 years. I mean, it, you know, kind of, I went back to my room then and I was like, sat down, I was like, wow, it was 20 years ago. So, uh, but nothing's changed. I think there's only one new drill this year. It's a fade catch. Other than that, it's been exactly the same since I was doing it and, and before then. So, uh, to answer your question, no, not too many of them knew who I was. 20 years ago, Anthony, I, w- I want to go back there for a minute because you hear all these stories about different prospects being asked interesting questions per se is there one that sticks out to you or a couple from from me yeah i was asked man you know i I was i I know i'm taking you back a little bit yeah you're right and uh you know but it was such a i had such a kind of a clean palette when i came out of school Mm -hmm. honestly i mean i I had really good grades you know i wasn't kind of involved in you know all the other riffraff i didn't get in trouble you know i kind of saw uh you know the eye on the prize kind of thing at the end and um, but, you know, like as I'm looking at the Giants, you know, they do a big psychological evaluation. You know, it's like a 300-question deal. I don't know if they still do it. I think the guys told me they did. But, you know, one of the questions is like, you know, do you prefer yourself to be a cat or a that's, dog? That's what I was about to bring up because yeah. I saw that on Twitter and, the other day. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Well, how do you answer it? <laughs> I would have went with the dog. I'm trying to say, like, okay, well, I'm, I'm actually as I'm, I'm I'm reading it, I'm thinking to myself, well, what are the the, the bad things about each, right? Because right. you know, we all uh, there's a lot of good things. That I, I honestly don't. I don't want to offend any of the you, listeners. You're not, you're not a cat person. I, yeah, I don't like cats. Mm-hmm. I'm just not a cat guy. Yeah. Never was. You know, just not my cup of tea. Yeah. You know, I'm not animal. I'm not an animal lover. I, if it's not my animal or my pet, I'm I'm cool. This and that, I'll pet it. You know, I like puppies, but I don't want to own one. So <laughs> I just went with the dog. I just know a lot meaner dogs that are out there, and just you know, when you think German Shepherd, a trained right. one, and and a Doberman Pinscher. Those are like legit. You know, you're just like man, they're authoritative dogs. So I was like, I just put a dog. You know, so I don't know if that prevented them from drafting me, but it, you know, it. it it didn't work out with us and them, so I ended up being the Jet, which is good. But that was one of the ones I remember off the top of my head. One of the guys told me uh, – You guys never have a, had a dog, huh? When I was one years old, <laughs> before I could remember, we had a dog. Okay. And then uh, it was only for a year. And then after that, I never had a, I've never had a – like a four-legged pet. Oh, well. Four, yeah. Which means what? You have fish or something? I, exactly. See, he picks up. You listen. At least you're <laughs> listening to me when I'm talking. I did, I've did. i had multiple fish. I've had the fair fishes that die a month later all the time, the goldfish <laughs> in the bag. I try, I tried to keep those things going. One time I got it for like over a year, not to get off topic, but I was able to keep it you know, going for a year, which was good. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I had the aquarium one year. It was like, oh, and I had to have something. So we had an aquarium. We bought all these fish and then. And eventually we just got, you know, eh, Well, speaking of cats, anymore. the Jets traded the big cat to the New York Giants because you just mentioned the Giants. and They, they like that. that, that the, the cat, there it brings it all full circle now. <laughs> the <laughs> psychological evaluation. If you just have cat in your name, then that's where they're going. They, they they're have the an extra uh, – the Jets have an extra third-round pick in 2020. Uh, so four picks in the that's first good, three man. rounds. Joe likes that, right? we'll have to see if the Giants sign Leonard Williams to an extension because I believe that could become – the 2021 pick could become a fourth-round pick uh, next year as opposed to a fifth-round pick. That's all based on whether Giants sign uh, Leonard Williams to an extension. But let's go back 20 years Mm -hmm. to your combine. Measurements. The glasses are coming on. A vertical leap for Anthony Beck. 33.5 inches. That was my meteor. Yeah? That's like the median. That was my one thing. Okay. And I, as I'm looking at this, this is not correct. But The 4.78 uh, That's not correct. A Dick Haley, long-time, long-time scout yes. at the Jets. When I ran my 40, he gave me my time. He had me down at a 4.6. 
eight. Four six eight is my time. So this came from where I don't know where that came from. I did not run at the combine. I ran at the pro day. So I'm going with the team that drafted me and the guy obviously Dick Kelly. If anybody knows anything Legendary. about scouting, Scout. yeah. So yes. so four six eight at two hundred seventy pounds is the legit time that I did that I ran that I'm going with. You know I, that's I, wild. Yeah. What, what so. about the twenty yard shuttle? Four point zero eight seconds. Accurate. Yes, four point eight uh, point point four point zero eight is accurate. That is a now. If you just look over the course of time and you look at who those kind of times and who's running those, you're talking about elite tight ends that are low in weight yeah. that you know are just super fast freaks. And then a lot of receivers are having a hard time hitting four oh eight uh, in some of their shuttle time. So. That time, 20 years ago, would still be, and it might be the best time, hold me to it, we'll talk about this in another episode, <laughs> it might be the best time of the tight ends this year. I'm going out on the limb, and of the guys that we have here, I don't think you'll see any of these tight ends. Not that that's a bad thing. They're going to get some times that are going to be good, and they're going to wow teams with four twos, and four, and that, that's good for teams. It's yeah, really yeah. good. But the, a 408 will open eyes even more, and... That would be what strong. Is it, what is the 20-yard shuttle for people who don't know? Yeah, so it's basically you start in the middle yeah. of a cone, and five yards to your right there's a cone, and five yards to the left there's a cone. So you start in the middle, and you go to the right, you touch the cone, then you go all the way across to the second cone, which brings you to 15 yards, so five over, ten across, and then run back to the middle, which gives you a 20-yard shuttle back and forth. Sure. And, uh, you know, when, when you're training for these things, you know, guys don't – I was talking to a lot of them like, oh, how much did you train for these drills? Like, ah, we do it once a week. would be our combine drill stuff. Well, I train this stuff – after the Senior Bowl, yeah. I did nothing except drills for whatever it was, uh, a month. It was a month, right, right? Uh, to the kinds about the same time. Every day we did those drills and we mastered it. And it came down to angles. It came down to geometry. I promise you, none of these kids were talking about those words yeah. with their trainers. <laughs> I promise you, they weren't. But it, there is a specific way to get yourself around. And then when you start practicing, you get the body lean and stuff like that. So I knew coming in, man. I, and back then, you didn't know what the drills were. So none of the agents really knew unless you had an in with a scout. And we hired, our agency hired a scout, so I had all the information. Now they know. And it's actually shocking to me. I actually watch guys now, last year, that still don't, they look like they've never run the drill before, which is a shame because right. they should know. Uh, but Yeah, there's uh, so much information out there. Yeah, huh? so, you know, like the gauntlet. You see guys run the gauntlet, like, how do these guys not run this thing perfect? Guys are going in figure eights, <laughs> and we'll talk about that. But, yeah, so that that's the drill. That's what I did, and that is, a, honestly, that's an elite, and I'm a big pumping my head up you guys know the numbers that's an elite time uh and you'll see receivers that won't get that time so uh i i'm proud of that for uh, you should be i'm proud of that. what would you have run the 20 yard shuttle in right now <laughs> right now more more or less than double your best time uh you know what right now i showed my kid how to do one because he's in high school and they have these drills and stuff uh you know at these camps that he goes to and um you know what i bet you i could i could swing a a low uh, a high five, probably. Okay. I, still. Just, I don't have the flexion, you know. I know. Well, still, I mean, nobody's getting those kind of times. I mean, that's even the biggest, sloppiest lineman is getting below a six, I'd say, right? Yeah, I know, but I'm saying, listen, you're not a guy who works out too much anymore. You still can rock <laughs> Why it Why are you going to put me on the spot like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you had his back 
with, with the lunch thing. Now what? he's coming back. No, at I, I, shot, I'm not coming. Fired. I'm just saying is that that's good, just waking up and getting in the fight. It is. You know, as I'm around some of these young guys <laughs> and I see some of my some of the coaches and some former players that I play with that are coaches and scouts and they're kind of in shape and stuff, and <laughs> I, I, I guess I got to start the Adrenaline it, starts you know. pumping. What about the bench? You didn't bench here. I did not bench. Why so not? I, uh, yeah, so uh, I'll be honest with you. My bench was not one of my strong points, and I wanted to maximize the time that I could continue to bench and grow. Mm -hmm. So I went into my pro day and did it, um, and uh, I passed on it. I, I was trying – like the industry standard was to get to 20, right. and I couldn't get to that. But I will say this. The bench is not – being as good as a blocker as I was, the bench was not a dictator of, you know, how well I, I benched and, you know, and all that right. stuff. Did that, you bench at your pro day? Yeah, I did. So I did it 19 times okay. at my pro day, which was, you know, right right about the standard. Right. Some guys will get below that. Some You'll see tight ends now. I think Wesco had 24 uh, last year, which that's pretty damn strong, you know, when you're talking about benching West Virginia guy, right? So uh, – <laughs> Uh, not all of us were as strong as him, but, you know, um, uh, that that 20 number is kind of a good s standard number to get to, and I thought that was close enough, so that's what I did at the pro day. I have a two-part question for you. The first is how different are the combine drills than just normal football? Because you're talking about training, and, you know, I'm just going to use the 40-yard dash as an example because everyone loves the 40. It's, it's such a – a formula from mechanics, from the stands right. to getting out. And then the second part, you mentioned the gauntlet. I don't know if you know this. They're timing the gauntlet this year. Are they? They're mm. timing it. So I just wanted how to get you, your opinion. How do you even gauge that what time is reasonable? I don't know. Yeah, that, that, that's that, what I'm that, saying. I mean, that's what I wanted to know. What, what your standard. thoughts are on? Yeah, I don't. I don't. Where do you start with that? I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess you can time it. You know, the guy does it right if he stays in a straight line and he catches the thing smooth. Right. That's right. a good. That's a good gauntlet. Now you got to make sure you're going full speed, and you can kind of tell if the guy is. But if there's anything off the center of the line, and you know, to what a gauntlet is, if you remember, the guys catch the ball one, two, and they turn and they run down the line and they go left to right. The balls get thrown to them mm -hmm. by quarterbacks, and then they finish at the end, turn up the field, and score, or run to the coach or the cone. Right. And that that's a dictate. That dictates it for me. I mean, as far as a time, I, I'm not quite sure what that's going to mean for me or anybody watching it or any scouts. But maybe it sets the bar moving forward. Do, don't, uh, don't you think it would just make a receiver who might be slow playing it think twice about? Running at let's say sixty percent as opposed to running faster. Uh, psychologically, yeah, I would say that would help. I, I mean, if they're telling me it was time, then I would want to have the best time. Then I would want to go, f you know, right. faster. So that hopefully gets everybody just going full speed, which is is important because mm -hmm. that's a part of it. Being able to control your body at the fastest speed when the ball's coming at you is not the easiest thing to do, you know. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, that that'll dictate a bunch. But I mean, yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. But I, you know, gauntlet's a good drill. I I can usually tell if a guy's going to be a, a good pro or not just off that drill. Yeah. It's probably the wrong thing to assess because guys can always get better. Sure. But the fact that you've been able to train for this yeah. and not do it right is, you know, that that. Kind of you mentioned Mr. Haley before. Um, did you meet with the Jets at the combine? Um, I did not. No. Yeah, and you know it's funny because these guys they have their meetings all uh -huh. week, so they'll sit in the middle, they'll talk to different teams, and then they'll also have formal meetings with other uh, NFL teams with like the GM and the yeah. head coach. And some guys kind of sit around and they feel like they're not getting called upon or, or have many meetings to go to. And I, I said, don't worry about that. I said the team that drafted me didn't talk to me at all. I didn't meet anybody uh, on. I didn't even take a, an official trip. 
to, to the Jets. I went to the I went to a Giants yeah. official trip. Right. I went to uh, Cleveland Browns as an official trip, and uh, I think that was uh, I may have one more place I can't remember, but that was it. So I had no communication with the Jets. Matter of fact, I thought I was going. We we felt pretty good about number fourteen to Green Bay. Green Bay ultimately picked Bubba Franks, the other first-round tight end that year. But up to the day before the draft, they had me – well, at least they told my agent, Ron Wolf said, that they had me rated above him. But inside, I heard Ron Wolf flew down to Miami the the day before the draft and worked him out one more time because Bubba didn't work out well for some reason. His times were messed up. He – he lost weight, gained weight, and he went down one more time before the draft. Yeah. And I guess he sealed the deal. So uh, he cost me some money up front, you know. I tell him, Bubba Franks cost me money. And the fact that Chad Pennington didn't go to the Steelers or the 49ers and bumped down to 17, that cost me money. Because when I did when I did hear from Parcells and those guys, I, I after I said, you know, you're one of the better tight ends, we like you over Bubba Franks, then I was thinking, oh, once he's off the board – I'm going to go 17, yeah. and then uh, I didn't go there. So Chad owes me some money, too. He cost me some cash, and I tell him that all the time. <laughs> yeah, so he buys dinner all the time. Listen, Every time we're together, he, he buys He is a quarterback, dinner. so he's got the cash. And, uh, by the way, you talked about the hundreds of some of these guys beat your uh, marks from the combine 20 years ago. Are you a guy who carries around – Hundreds in your wallet, <laughs> or would you have to ATM it? I'm sorry, to drop my wallet over. Yeah, over, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, you I know, think there's your answer. It's, it's, I, I, I'll tell you, yeah. I, I don't normally carry cash, but there are, there are times throughout the year okay. when I have like stipend myself, where mm-hmm. I'm traveling, where I may or may not have a Hundies. few one, uh, a few uh, hundreds. Uh, on me, you know, All so, right. uh, you know, I don't want to give you exact time because obviously there's listeners and if they see me, it might yeah. be that time of year and I don't want anybody to kind of yeah. jump on me and, and attack me or anything uh, like that. So. I, I don't think anybody's trying to, trying to come up and attack I could you. probably handle a couple, but, you know, once you start, it might be a mass of people, yeah. you know, distraction. Then you got pickpocketers, so fam, you know. If I'm at the ATM, I never <laughs> take the hundreds. I always take the 20s. Okay. The 20s yeah. Are, yeah, 20s are good because it's thicker. They're, they're breakable. They're easily yeah, breakable, exactly. though. Yeah. So, you, I mean, you talked about a pack. And this is such a random question, and this is probably, you know, this could be a combine question. But uh, I was asked once in, in college, would you rather fight, um, shoot, what is it? It's like a, a hundred, du- one duck-sized horse or a hundred... Or the opposite. I I, I got to think of the the uh, the Where wording here. Where did this here. just go? Sounds like a real good question. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's great. I know. Well, wait, Anthony was talking about this being attacked a, by a pack. A, a so duck size, a duck size horse, or a hundred ducks? Is that is that what it is? I'll yeah, just, hold on. I'll kick all their butts. This is not the heels that fight one horse sized. Okay, wait, wait, hold on. Would you rather fight one horse sized duck or a hundred duck sized horses? A hundred duck-sized horses, because you know, listen, you get a big duck, they start bobbing their head and poking <laughs> with that big. I don't want any of that business because yeah. I'm not, I'm not as quick. I feel there's a quickness factor. I yeah. see them doing it when they're small and they can really jab and do their different things. That's not my, that's not my <laughs> cup of tea. So I feel like being okay. tall, I just have the element of squashing. You yeah, know, I was kicking, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I don't uh, think that. A hundred duck-sized horses. Yeah, okay. I'm glad. A hundred duck-sized. I'm glad I googled I, that. I'm not taking either. Um, now, since you're working with the tight ends here in Indianapolis, I would say right now, if you're a Jets fan, you feel pretty comfortable where you're at with the tight ends. Uh, Ryan Griffin came on. Mm-hmm. You signed him to an extension uh, late in the season. 
Chris Herndon basically had a lost year, but yeah. he should come back 100% for you. You mentioned Trayvon Wesco before. The Jets also re-signed Daniel Brown, uh, so he will not enter free agency. So right now I look at the position and say a lot of depth. I'm quite excited if I'm a fan about the tandem of Griffin and Herndon. And I don't know if this is a team that is going to be looking at the tight end position through that first four or five round range. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, you know, you still got to evaluate them and do those things. I know Coach Dunn's been around, and I've seen him quite a bit, uh, you know, just making sure they do their homework on those tight ends. But, you know, yeah, you're, like you said, the, the fact that you're getting Herndon back, that, that makes the group larger because he didn't start the season and he wasn't healthy throughout no. the season. So to have all those guys back, to have them healthy and use those guys, you got a full gamut of what you need. And then, of course, as Wesco got some playing time more towards the end of the season, he became a better player. I know they're very high on him. They like what he brings to the table. He's, he's got very, some versatility. He is. Yeah. He's very physical. He's strong. He's aggressive on the field. He's nasty. He's a finisher. And they just, you know, you can't find that out mm-hmm. there. I, as I look at the names in this draft, I don't know if there's any of those guys that, that want to do that. So right. that is, you know, and, and plus, he, like you said, he can move around a little bit, run some intermediate routes and do those things. So, you know, uh, again, another year under his belt where his head was swimming early on with the year, but and I think that's good because they threw a lot at him where now he'll, you know, come into this season feeling a little better, feeling a little more confident. You should see a different player and hopefully get more playing time and, and make that group a whole lot better it, with those guys. Is it a leap to think that if you do have a healthy Herndon, I know he just played one professional season, but we saw what Griffin was and that connection he established with Sam Darnold. Is it a leap to say, hey, maybe this could be one of the better one-two punches in the NFL at the position? Well, it's nice to have two options, two guys that can run routes. I mean, obviously Ryan Griffin had a, had a nice, uh, you know, had some nice catches throughout the year, some red zone stuff. Which he was, was a good, good blocker too. Yeah, he was. I mean, he's a big kid. You know, I didn't realize how you know tall. He's like a true six, oh, just slightly. Was he six six? Right. So mm-hmm. he's like a true six six. So when you see him, he's just like he's a towering guy. But uh, yeah, he's an efficient blocker. He does. He did some good stuff on the edge this year. He still runs well, which is good. And uh, you know the, those things are good. And then Herndon, look, I, you know, you just you gotta you gotta get your act together is kind of your you know where you where you're going right you don't want any distractions you don't want to get suspended you want to you know you want to be on you want to be where you need to be so we can utilize you the best ability we always talk about is availability and that's the biggest thing with Chris going through an offseason going through a training camp and being able to start game one will do him great and we can see some of the great things or more of the great things that he showed from the year before so that'll be key I I, he's got to have a big year, in my opinion. That's yeah. just because he should. I mean, that's the kind of yeah. player that I think we all think he is and that he needs to go out there and, and, and show that, not prove it. We know he can do it. He's just got to do it now and be available every week and continually you know, grow that tandem, not just between those two tight ends but the quarterback. For sure. Trayvon Wesco to go through the draft, be drafted, rookie mini camp, training camp, like there's no downtime. And then, like you said, you're thrown into the fire – and I feel like most rookies are thrown into the fire like that. So how much can he grow as a blocker from year one to year two? Because at the end of the season, John Dunn said he's progressed nicely, but to finally have time to sit back, you know, relax a little, then get back to work, how much more efficient do you think he can be as a blocker? Yeah, I mean, it comes down to when he, be, when he understands how to be a technician with his footwork and know how to put it all together on impact, I mean, everything else is there. I mean, when you do it right and you're as aggressive and as a finisher as he is, that's scary proposition. And, and you know, 
Coach Dunn knows that, and that's going to be a big thing. I know that for sure. I know guys that just are extremely good. You know, they, they're strong at the attack, this and that, but they don't understand how to get their feet, go to their opponent, get their footwork down so they can put it all together. And when they do that, those guys become elite. And uh, it took me a, a while to, to, to figure that out. I mean, I, I thought I was a good blocker when I came out. But quite honestly, I was, I was still behind because I didn't know the technique. And then I learned it my first year, second year, and the third year. All of a sudden now you start understanding. And, of course, as we move forward, that was the master plan to be that guy because that gave me the extra years of my career that I wanted. What do you like most about Joe, Joe Douglas right now? And this is really the start, uh, his first professional offseason as general manager. He got hired in June, and I know a lot of people had problems with the timing externally. But Joe has went on record to say it actually helped me coming in because I was able to evaluate everything that was going on for five, six months, put my processes in place, and now here's his first true offseason as GM. I mean, listen, you know, he's never uh, had a draft class that he could call his own. I mean, this is his first opportunity. He has worked his way up from – ground zero all the way up to where he is now he, he learned as an area scout he learned as a as a now a regional scout then he moved the national and then he got the different areas and then you talk about the teams he was with and their success yep. you know being around uh the baltimore ravens and the success they had there and then bouncing over to the philadelphia eagles learning from howie roseman and, and all those kind of guys and those pieces and now you're finally ready and you're right at the time, it was scary what, what the Jets were going to do with the general manager position. But the fact they were able to get a guy like him was a bonus. I think a lot of people's mindset and thought process changed when they actually got him. Like, all right, it wasn't as bad as we thought because this guy is going to be a legit guy. So now I'm excited to see how he goes. And I think the one thing we're, we've always kind of been pressed upon him is he's about, you know, inside out, building yeah. a team inside out. So, look, I'm all about that because I think, you know, there's a lot of skilled players out there that can help football teams, but if you don't have the interior guys, the defensive line, the offensive linemen, to get those guys where they need to go, whether it's through holes as a back or protection to get balls to the receivers or the, to help protect the quarterback, yeah. you're, out, you're out of luck. So uh, we saw a little movement, obviously, last year with some guys bringing some linemen yeah. in, Lewis and, and whatnot. Uh, so I think this is going to be, you know, with this draft heavy with a lot of guys like that. And, of course, there are some free agents. You know, I don't know how the money's going to be spent. You know, if I'm the general manager, I'm going to use the, the the chunk of the change if I can to get a, an interior guy. There's sheriffs out there. There's guys where, you know, are, are really good guys. You just got to do your homework. You know, some guys are coming off injuries. Some guys, you know, where are they? And it doesn't make it reasonable enough to spend money. And, of course, you know, with free agents, guys, we all know, we you tend to overspend because – you know, it's just like those guys are kind of available. You're put in spots. And, uh, but that's the importance of the tiers of free agency, right? It because is. You can get – sometimes you get a starter in that second tier. That initial wave, yeah. you have to overspend. Otherwise, you're not getting those guys. Right. And I, I, those skill positions sometimes are a little easier to find that. When you're talking about linemen being across the league, yeah. that there's not many good ones, let alone the depth – those guys get sucked up, so you don't really find guys hanging around, right? You got, you know, even free agency, it's like, man, if you can't hang on them, then you you must have a really good line if you can't hang <laughs> on to a guy, right? So and that really is the pro the issue. So they normally have something like a, a nagging injury or this and that, and they're just trying to cut bait on that salary. So you just got to be – I've seen it go bad sometimes, and, and obviously, you know, 
Joe's seen it all. I mean, he's been at those those things when those free agency times have gone, and those teams that he's with had to get those kind of linemen. He's got that experience watching it, and it'll be key, obviously, with free agency wherever they go and, of course, in the draft as well. You cover college football throughout the season, so just keeping keeping this on the offensive line talk, how many of the top tackles – have you seen live between Jedrick Wills out of Alabama, Tristan Wirfs, Iowa, Makai Becton out of Louisville, and then Andrew Thomas out of Georgia? I saw all of them. Mm-hmm. I saw Thomas twice this year. I saw him last year twice. Um, Wirfs, okay, I saw him uh, uh, twice as well this year and last year. Okay. He's my favorite guy. Is he? I like him. Now, Thomas to me is just a rogue great animal, and that's <laughs> great, but you, I do need a guy that – is smooth all the way around, and I just feel like, you know, at Wirfs is – I'm excited to see him, Wirfs, at the – I mean, there's some athletic dudes, man, that are going to be doing these drills. You know, Becton's kind of that, wow, like, we've never seen a guy this big. You know, what is it? What's his match? Six, eight? Six, seven, three, sixty-four. I mean, that's – you know, you think of that, like, ah, it's kind of like a pony show kind of thing, but he's like a legit dude who's very athletic as well, basketball player uh, mm-hmm. coming up. I mean, he did all kinds of athletic stuff, like, off the field, like people would talk about – at campus uh, at Louisville, and, uh, you know, again, he's kind of one of those. I don't know if he's a wild card because there's there's proven things that he's done. But More I've of se- a project? I, I, no, I, I don't know. I just, I've seen him, I've seen him literally, like, just fold dudes up and yeah. finish. I mean, so he's got that in him. But uh, he's in that, he's in that world, man. I mean, he's got really good tape. And then, you know, you talked about the, the Bama uh, tackle. I mean, th- those guys are good. Jones from Houston. Yeah. Yep. Guy's got, like, I've seen him twice this year as well. Uh, guy's got, like, I think he started every game in a Houston uniform. So the experience is awesome. Right. You can get guys that played a lot of games. Um, you, you see know. Austin Jackson at all out of USC? Uh, Austin Jackson. I did not have uh, USC. Um I had USC when we had uh, Adoga came out, so I got yeah. to see a little bit of him. So, uh, you know, again, I won't dig too deep uh, on those uh, tab, but those guys you're all talking about are in the conversation uh, right. potentially for the Jets and a lot of other teams. Uh, they, what, those guys may get, you know, pushed up a little higher. What do you like about Wirfs that makes him your top guy or your <clears throat> favorite, should well, I say? Well, you know, anytime you're coming from Iowa, you're, you're coming from a program that technically – you're doing things that NFL teams do in the run game. You know, they really haven't gone towards the spread run. So there's not a lot of the sideways, mm-hmm. you know, not a lot of the, you know, not a, you know attacking your opponent. They're still doing power runs. They're still doing, uh, you know, full zone, inside zone runs where you've got to literally, you got to step forward and attack guys. So te- technically wise, he's going to be very, very strong. But athleticism wise, pass set. You know, people talk about his arms are short. I don't know. What's short arms? I mean, you know, if you if you never give up a sack and you're protecting the whole time, and what the heck's the difference? And he's going against Epinesa is a, a very highly rated defensive end for Iowa. He's going against him every every day, yeah, right? And yeah. they've had several defensive linemen come out the last couple of years that have been uh, in the draft uh, that are playing in the NFL. So uh, I just, you know, I think all around he's just a special player and uh you know he's going to open some eyes even more at the combine because big guys doing those kind of things are are interesting what do you think's uh, better suited for thomas you mentioned he's a road grader you like him on the right side 
Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think Werfs too on the right side initially. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. Uh, those are guys that kind of come in and you can play that position. But, you know, they're not limited to the left side. But, you know, Thomas is just a guy that just literally is just trying to – if you're trying to improve your run game, he's going to be a good pass protector. But occasionally he's going to – you know, those speed guys are – you know, he's going to have to work through that. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I mean, you know, he's done it r- well and he's done it poorly sometimes. But, you know, you know to me – Running game is an important part of this equation too for the Jets. When you got a guy like Bell on your team, you yep. got to find ways to open up holes so we can get him into the second. Twenty-one level. unrestricted free agents for the Jets. What jumps out at you the most? Because when you were talking, when you we're talking about tackles, and you're seeing Worfs, man, maybe Thomas is potentially right tackles. Maybe the Jets re-sign a guy like a Calvin Beecham, and uh, short term he still is your left tackle. Who knows? But he's at UFA. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Jenkins, 15 sacks the last yeah. two years. Quietly, yeah, 15 uh, sacks. Yeah. Playing strong side linebacker for you. Uh, um, he's an unrestricted free agent. Uh, Robbie Anderson, mm-hmm. he might be the most coveted, young, talented receiver mm-hmm. on the market if Amari Cooper indeed does stay yep. in Dallas. Um you have a lot of interesting decisions to make in-house before we get to March 18th. Well, you know, listen, you obviously you want to try to keep Robbie if you can. The market will dictate if you can or not, yeah. right, because you do have other things you have to find for this football team. There are some other receivers out there that, that are good, but you're talking about youth, explosiveness. You know, Joe was talking about guys that, you know, just play man. I mean, he's one of the, he fits that equation. Yep. And, you know, like we talked about, there are there is going to be a uh, – you know, free agency tends to overpay guys. Yeah. And if other teams are out there throwing around some money and he's in that upper, you know, like you said, Amari Cooper's probably going back to Dallas. A.J. Green's another guy up there. But, you know, he's, 32 coming, years old. he's coming off injury yep. and he's older. I mean, you know, where do you want to put your money? And I don't know if that, that makes a lot of sense uh, uh, for the Jets. Jets just uh, – who did they just sign? Um, Josh Rece- Doxson. Yep. Yeah, yep. Doxon, yeah. Former so, first-round pick. Former first-round pick. Young guy. You know, maybe yep. sometimes another place is better for a guy. Yep. I mean, I liked that kid coming out of college. I really did. Mm-hmm. Just never really panned out in, in Washington, whatever it may be. So, you know, maybe he can come here and be a difference. And you got him kind of, you know, per se on the cheap, which is good. So, uh, you know, look, I I would think, look, I'm going to try to get Robbie back. And the only reason why I wouldn't is because someone is offering him an, out, an outlandish contract. And, you know, he's going to have a little leverage there as a player because there should be another team that, that wants him uh, to come back. Now, you talk about the offensive line. Yeah. I, I think that's a kind of, uh, you know, go as it as it comes up kind of thing. Let's see what the free agency sure. is available. Let's go through the draft and then – what can we accumulate from there? And now we'll start thinking, okay, well, you know what? we got to keep this guy. We don't have to keep this guy. And I think with Kelvin Beecham, that's where you are. Good player. You know, you can count on this and that. But, you know, you may be able to get something a little different okay. uh, moving forward. So, you know, I think there's no rush on him in the in the, in the fact that you do have some other things happening before. Yeah, and, before. and see what happens. But that line is going to look a lot different mm-hmm. no matter what happens. Uh Lastly, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the wide receiver position because that's been the talk at Indy here for a couple days. This is one of the most deep, talented classes that I can remember. You're talking about guys like Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, um, CeeDee Lamb. He might be the first wide receiver that comes off the board. You could have as many as six Maybe seven receivers first round. I don't know. They're talking about twenty receivers in the first three rounds. Yeah, I mean, 
As we're talking, pull up the list of those guys that are here on the combine. On the oh, list. Yeah. yeah. Just because but I'll talk about the guy. I think the consensus who I've talked to here yeah. at the combine, I think everybody thinks that Judy's the guy. Okay. They think that he's the, the, the primed receiver that if they were to throw their, their pick at and they need a receiver in that market, they'll get him. Lamb is another guy. Again, he's very close. He's very talented. And, I, you know, if that's the guy that they end up getting because he's gone, then they'd be very happy with him as well. Um, it is a deep class. Uh, you know, there's multiple receivers. Uh, you know, LSU has a pretty good receiver. Justin, Justin. Justin yeah, Jefferson. Yeah. He's not bad. I mean, I, you know, I think we saw a lot of him this year, and I'm telling you now, he's a pretty darn good player. He can dominate from the inside, too. Yeah, you know, that, that that's that's impressive. Uh, so. All right, so that, this list is alphabetical, sure. unfortunately, but, like, Brandon Ayuk, popular name. Arizona uh, State. Chase okay, Cole. so here, so like a guy like, uh, you know, Lynn Bowden, okay, he yeah. – let me scan this for you so I can. So, like a guy like Limbo, and you wouldn't think, but he is like one of the more dynamic players in the SEC. Think about an Antoine Randall, that kind of a player. Yeah. A guy like, um, you know, a Taysom Hill kind of guy. He can do that. He, he's going to be a guy that I think may go higher than mm -hmm. people think because he's got that skill set that he can run, pass, and, and really catch. So, that, that those are things are good. Uh, we talked about the Chase Claypool kid from Notre Dame, weighed in at 238 pounds, starting to look like a hybrid kind of tight end guy. Mm -hmm. So now you're talking about, man, we could have him put him in the slot, and he could be super dangerous. He's a mismatch problem. If a linebacker has to cover him, game over. And then the safety is a challenge because he's a bigger guy uh, height and weight-wise. Mm -hmm. uh, the guy from uh, Minnesota, Johnson. Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson. Yeah. To me, I think uh, that dude is – he's a really, really good player. I think he's underrated. Uh, he's as smooth as they come. I watched him in that bowl game against Auburn, and he just annihilated them. They couldn't cover him, and I think he's a guy to me where he goes. Uh, he is going to be a, a guy to, to, to think about moving forward for there. So those are a couple guys, I think, uh, off the top of my head. I like Den, uh, Denzel Mims. I like Denzel. The Baylor, Baylor kid. Yeah. yeah, he's a Another good guy. Another guy with good size. Yeah, he's a, he's got great size. He's a great blocker, and he's a big time playmaker down the field. Donovan People Jones, yep. KJ Hamler, Michael Pittman. I mean, there, there's like a, a stupid amount of James Prochet, SMU. You don't yeah. you know, you probably wouldn't throw that name. That guy had a special season. Jalen Rager, TCU had yep. a good year. So it, it's deep, and you know how it starts. You know, one guy goes, and then all of a sudden the dominoes right. go. Oh, and Chanel. Uh, I mean, here's another guy, Colorado. You know, he probably thinks he's the best receiver uh, coming out of the yeah, draft. So oh, yeah. look, if you need one, then the Jets are in the market for it potentially. So, but for, you're hearing Judy's the top of this. Yeah, class. That, I would say the consensus. CD Lamb, maybe right after. Yeah, right there. Yeah, and then you know, look, it could be it could be any of those guys going next. I and mean, we're hearing Tyree Kill comparisons for uh, Henry Ruggs. Ruggs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's oh, that's another burner. Yeah, another burner. So you know, you got speed, guys that can catch. You know. Look, man, if you're looking for explosive weapons, this is the, the year to get it. And if you're looking for some tackles, uh, linemen guys that you know you feel good <laughs> do you about. Think all, do you think ultimately the Jets stay at 11, that will be the decision, a tackle or a I, receiver? I, yeah, I – I'm taking a I'm taking a lineman. So you are. I, that's just me, but I wouldn't. Especially look given the the no. depth of this class, right? Yeah. Like I mean, that. Do you think that plays a factor? Of course, I think so. Yeah, I think if you do your homework, you know, you get your scouts. You, you can get a receiver in the I second, think, third I think round. So. Real productive I can, guy. I I, yeah, I hope. Yeah, I think yeah. you can. I mean, uh, absolutely. All right. Well, All right, man. Thanks for coming on the podcast here in Indy. That yeah, was a nice briefing here. Yeah, man. this is great. Yeah, and we didn't even get to the three cone number that I had, but we'll put it out there. Okay. What's that? Uh, six nine four three cone. Um, that's. I mean, 
Yeah, that's Google it. It's it's like it's like impressive. I mean, receiver <laughs> if receivers get it's like if, impressive if, if, six if re, nine four if if receivers get six nine four like teams will be really happy about that. Think about let, that. Let, I, I did it at two hundred. I did it at two hundred seventy pounds. So that's like you know next level stuff. It's elite stuff. I, but I train. I train for those things. You know, like oh well, it didn't match up the way you put. Well, yeah, you know sometimes it does, but. I was able to just prepare myself for that and, and ultimately help me. DK Metcalf, I, I'm just using this as an example because he had a bad one. Seven three eight. <laughs> so there you Couldn't go. Couldn't even touch me. <laughs> <laughs> and his shuttle was a four five. That's a that's a disgrace. But he's a good player. Well, did, so he, he, he is a good player. <laughs> do, do, do you see the comparison here on the tweet? Tom oh, Brady Tom had Brady, a seven yeah. two three cone and a four that's three eight good. shuttle. Oh uh, wow! Well, speaking of the underwear Olympics. He had, one, yeah. he had one of the worst ever. All right, that's how we're ending the official <laughs> Jets podcast, powered by Amazon Web Services. Hold it. You Anthony, think Brady, are you think Brady's uh, going to be back in New England? Bonus. Bonus content. I think, yeah, okay, so. What are you hearing? I think there's a legitimate chance, stronger than people think, that he may leave. I initially thought that that's not happening. But there's a, there's a, there's a small bug in the air that says that, there potentially is a team in the market for him, and I'm saying, hey, get out, get out of town if that's good, you know, for 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 Jets fans, right? Let's go take that, take that. But if that bug's right, there there may be one team in the market, and uh, I think he's he's thinking long and hard about it. And uh, if the Patriots obviously are going to do everything they can to keep him, but there may be one. And All right, mis- mi- mis- mystery is how we end. No charge. I don't think it's going to be chargers. All right, no oh, mystery is how we end here on the official Jets podcast, powered by Amazon Web Services. Anthony, thanks a lot, and good luck awesome, to your uh, thanks, brother, and your tight ends. Yeah.